Listener Production. Hey, it's Antoinette Latouf here with the Weekend Briefing. Now, we know people in the education sector are leaving in droves, some due to burnout, others because of poor pay. But my guest today has a pretty unique reason. He got famous for making viral horror clips on TikTok and that became his full-time job. I'm talking about Caleb Finn. He's a social media influencer known for his avant-garde dress-ups and short horror stories. And get this, he has nearly 16 million followers on TikTok and 800,000 on Instagram. And yet he describes himself as an introvert who doesn't really like people. So how does that all work? And later in the episode, we have the weekend list for you where producer Helen Smith and I share what we're gobbling, guzzling, binging, reading. And we'll also share some of your tips because many of you have been writing to us with your recommendation. But first, let's get a little bit horrified and entertained with Caleb Finn. So you went from being an educator for preschool and primary school age children to becoming a TikTok influencer specialising in horror videos. Important question, what's more terrifying and horrifying, 60 children or your content? Uh, I'd say it's a very close call. Um, they're both you know, <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. I think I've conquered more um, of the video side of it than, you know, I used to do, I think it was like 42 children a day. Um, so it's a lot, <laughs> but it was it was very fun. I miss it sometimes. So what did teaching teach you then that perhaps you have transferred over to your new career? I think patience. I think a lot of um, having a lot of confidence early on and then, you know, allowing time to watch your kind of things that you put a lot of effort into grow into bigger things. It's the same with teaching children. It's like, you know, you instill a lot of learning with them uh, very early on and you watch their passions grow. And I think a lot of that, you know, carried over to my career that I do now. So you're a teacher at a public school and you started dabbling in online content. Can you quickly talk me through what that kind of juggle was like and when you realised it was getting to a point where perhaps doing the two simultaneously was unsustainable? Yeah. Uh, so I was working um, as an educator in a before and after school program um, for a public school. And I was also uh, studying a Bachelor of Child Educa- uh, child Psychology and I was getting very burnt out because that was my entire life for like three years, uh, nonstop. So then TikTok started blowing up. So I started just, you know, just posting stuff just as a creative outlet. And I was able to, you know, keep it all juggling very well. It wasn't until someone else made my conditions change uh, when, you know, I made horror content and the principal wasn't exactly the biggest fan of that because, you know, they want the, their teachers to have, you know, a certain kind of presentation about them and my kind of aesthetic didn't really fit that anymore. So it was either leave or stop doing TikTok. So describe what these some of these videos are like. Back then, uh, I was very, very hard on um, the horror. Uh, it was very visual. I used a lot, a, a lot of fake blood um, in my videos back then. Um, so they were very graphic, but, you know, not, not so much that they were um, unfit for the platforms. They were just very... Um, you know, visual, I guess. But now it's a lot more surreal, a lot more nightmarish, a lot more, you know, playing with these kind of things that terrify people but aren't actually going to gross you out kind of thing. They're more mental, uh, more psychological now. So you essentially got asked to leave or were given an ultimatum. 
Yes. So uh, I was at that school for about two years, uh, formed a lot of bonds with the children, a lot of bonds with the parents. I was very well liked in that school. Um, the I got too many followers and, you know, children started finding out. What's too many followers? Um, I think around that point I was at a million, two million, I think. Um, yeah, wow. So it was getting there and all the kids knew who I was online. Um, and then the principal found out and the principal contacted my boss who was in charge of all of the surrounding, uh, the, like the before and after school program in the surrounding schools. And she contacted her and said, hey, we know about the online content, uh, get him out or we pull the entire program out. So it was a very hard decision for my boss to make, but my boss was absolutely fantastic. She stood by me every step of the way and said, you know, we can put you into a different school immediately. Um, we know, like, we love you. We trust you. We want to make sure that you're, we're doing right by you. And that was when I said, you know what, I'm going to, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to go pursue this online thing and see where it takes me. And I don't regret anything. It was the best decision I ever, ever made. <laughs> And so at this point with a million followers, are you making money from your videos? It definitely sustains, um, you know, my, uh, what would you call it, lifestyle. I mean, like it's me and my partner, Soup, and we have a just about two-year-old um, next week. So it definitely, you know, it pays the bills. Um, it lets us, uh, my partner included, lets us, you know, create content, um, work from home, mm. look after our little one. It makes more than teaching, which is um, very sad to say, um, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> I want to know a bit about who your followers are. Like, what do you know about them? Where they are, their age, anything else? Yeah. Um, I know that my followers are all around the world, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I'd say that over the years, because I started in 2018, my followers have kind of aged up with me. When I first blew up in 2019, I'd say the main age bracket was around 14 to 16, I think. And now, you know, a lot of my followers are entering adulthood as I've been, you know, following my course of adulthood as well. And it's been a fantastic experience to, you know, be on that same journey along with my followers. And, you know, we're both experiencing life at the same time, going through the same kind of troubles, ups and downs and everything. And they can relate to me and I can relate to them. So has your two-year-old featured in any of your horror videos? I don't think horror. I don't I don't think I've put him in any horror videos yet. There might be one passively, um, but I don't think he's played much of a role in them. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about him later on if you found them. Um, but, you know, he has been um, in a video here and there. We definitely like to keep his identity very secret. Um, sure. Me and my partner are very um, on top of that. We care a lot about his privacy and his safety and all that. What video of yours has had the most views? I want to know what, what that view count is and also what the content is. So uh, originally my, my biggest doing video was the one that blew me up. The original video was a, a kind of lip sync acting dramatization to a song by Bibi Rexa um, called I'm Gonna Show You. Um, it has been permanently ingrained in my mind forever um, because it's all I heard for about a year and the other creator, um, Ava, was dressed as Wendy from The Shining. And I dressed in my own uh, costume and we were just I was just banging on a door, like trying to get in to her side of the video. And it was really funny. And people had never seen that kind of take on that kind of the duet style um, of the video. And it was something brand new for the platform. And I think I was just in the right place at the right time. It completely took over the platform. That was, at, I think it was like 24 million views, 26 million maybe. And for the time back then, that was huge. Like 
unseen numbers kind of thing. And then when I announced that my partner Soup was pregnant um, on my platform, that took it over and has become the absolute highest by a high margin. I think that's at 60 million views, 63 million views, I think. And that was like stitching together all of uh, mine and my partner's like pregnancy attempts, like thinking we're going to catch it on camera. And then after like, I think it was the third attempt, we actually got it and people saw our live reactions to, you know, finding out that we're going to be parents um, on camera. And that was a very, very special moment that I was able to share with, you know, the world. (laughs) So let's talk specifically about content creation. On average, what's the process from, hey, I think this is an idea to fleshing it out, to filming it, editing, and putting it out in the world? Sure. I mean, everything starts with an idea. Um, I always try to try to keep things fresh. I try to never repeat an idea for a video. Um, it depends kind of what uh, content I feel like making. It ranges from, you know, a little update on our family or going full-blown cinematic uh, short story kind of thing. And those take the longest. I plan out an entire script. Mm. Um, like I, I get all my pieces of paper out and I write down the co- types of shot, what kind of music it's going to be, the vibe, if there's any dialogue. Um, we get into costumes. We film it. That'll take maybe two hours. And then editing takes the longest. So I'll upload, upload it to my mm. computer, chop it all up. That takes maybe... I don't know, seven hours maybe, depending on how intense the video is. And then, you know, uh, it'll all be ready to go up the next day. So uh, I like to have videos maybe two days in advance. Doesn't always work that way. Um, But it can be quite grueling uh, when you're on a roll and just, you know, high quality video after high quality video. And good idea after good idea. Yes, that is very difficult, by the way, after... Yes. uh, What year is this now? The sixth year of doing it? Um, Nearly daily content. It can be quite difficult to come up with brand new ideas every single day um, and constantly reinventing yourself over the years. And can it be isolating? Because you're essentially, yes, you're connecting with lots of people, but you're not in an office environment, you're not out on the street, you're not with crowds of people. Does it get lonely? Um, It definitely can. I'm very lucky that I found my partner Soup um, during the pandemic. Um, You know, we've been living together all this time and we make content together. Um, But it can be very isolating uh, because, you know, making content, there's a lot of side effects that come with blowing up on social media is that everyone knows who you are. You know, we can't really go outside the house um, without getting noticed or getting harassed. Uh, We've had to move house three or four times uh, because people have come to our house at, you know, 10 p.m. at night asking for, you know, photographs and autographs and that kind of thing. So like positive attention, but still harassing. Yeah, it's, you know, everyone's been super sweet and I appreciate how much, you know, love that the fans have for everyone. Um, But there can be a few people that, um, you know, overstep that boundary and, you know, think, oh my God, I know where he lives. Let's go say hi. And, you know, that's a big no-no. Oh, wow. Um, Because, you know, we have a child (laughs) that, you know, um, we try to... Um, keep really safe. Protect. Protect is the right word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it can be a little bit scary uh, when people find out where you live. Um, so I don't leave the house personally, uh, you know, and I'm an introvert, so it doesn't phase me too much, but, you know. What do you mean you don't you don't leave the house? Not really. You just try and avoid like, it? Or? I mean, yeah, I try to avoid it when I can. We get all our groceries delivered. I get everything delivered. Because you'll be harassed? Half and half. More, it's like I'd, I'd rather just avoid being, you know, mobbed. Uh, it's happened a few times and it can be quite scary when the crowd gets big enough. <laughs> and I am, uh, you know, I have social anxiety. I am an introvert. I like to keep 
keep to myself. I'm a very um, quiet person. So it's a lot of attention uh, for someone like me who likes to stay inside and play video games kind of thing. Have you told your audience this? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I'm very honest with my audience and I say like, you know, I love making content for you guys. I love talking to you guys, mostly when it's through a screen because in person I get very nervous and I tell them every time I go to like, you know, creator cons or meet and greets, that kind of thing. I say, I do get nervous. Please be patient with me. I am trying my best um, because, you know, even after all this time, I still struggle with the whole um, popular thing. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that in a way social media, particularly TikTok, has democratised performance in that what you do, by the sounds of it, you probably couldn't do on a stage in front of a large audience, but you absolutely. can do from your home with enormous success. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it's changed the world. It's created all these new jobs for people that just want to make content. You don't have to, you know, be backed by a $100 million profit, uh, like, uh, whatever, like, you know, you don't have to have this huge budget, you don't have to have this huge... Production. Institution. Yeah. yeah, you can just be in your bedroom um, creating whatever you want and someone is going to find it interesting. Someone is going to want to watch it. And I think that's, I think it's amazing mm. um, that, you know, anyone has a voice, anyone has a platform to tell whatever story they want to tell. And without that opportunity, I wouldn't be where I, where I am now. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so glad that I got to tell the story that I want to. Um, and it's been, a, you know, an amazing experience. Do you get offers of sponsorship and, and product endorsements? Like, Caleb, your teeth look like they could do with some whitening. Um, would you? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just doing the I'm just doing the pitch. Yeah. we'll send you blah blah blah, and you, of know, you and Soup can film yourself doing it. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's how I pay my bills. Um, and I think that's that goes for you know ninety nine percent of uh, creators that. Uh, do this for a job, uh, making content and all that, is that there's uh, sponsorships and brand deals and ambassadorships and all that kind of thing. How do you decide what to say yes to and no to that's in brand, in keeping with your morals or your style and also who your audience is? I mean, I think a lot of that comes with experience. I took a, a lot of very silly deals um, at the start because, you know, when you're first making money from online, someone goes, hey, can you, you know, show this and we'll give you some money for it. And it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm getting money for this video. Um, I think one of my first deals was like um, a blackhead sucker or something. And it was so crazy at the time. I was like, this is insane. But I mean, like I'm a lot more picky these days um, with what I represent. It has to, you know, line up with who I am, what I stand for, um, what I think my audience would enjoy. So, and I have a whole team behind me as well at um, Born Bread Talent that, kind of put a gate in between everything and say like, hey, we think that this would be great for you. And then, you know, I get the final say after that if I want to do it or not. So it's a it's a learning curve and you still have your blackheads. Very, very much. It's a learning curve. <laughs> um, I think, you know, having people behind you with experience to tell you what to do and what not to do definitely helps with those first steps in deciding, you know, what's good for your brand. <laughs> I don't know if you have an iPhone, but at the end of my week, I always get a weekly screen report. It tells me how many hours. Yeah. I am dying to know what your screen time is. Or perhaps it's divided between multiple screens so it doesn't give us a full picture. <laughs> if you give me two seconds, yes. I should be able to find it for you. Um, let's have a look. Um, okay, so my my average for the day, on, a, on an average day, uh, is... Nine hours and six minutes on social media. Um, 
it says five hours on other and then and two hours on information and reading. So you can do the math on that. <laughs> 16 <laughs> hours. It's most of the day. Yeah. It's when you're not <laughs> sleeping or peeing, it seems, or, sh- or showering. Pretty much. It's a lot. <laughs> and that's just for, you know, the social media side of everything that I do. Uh, I, wear, I wear a lot of hats at the moment. So days get pretty busy. <laughs> but, you know, I'm passionate. I love what I do. I love my job. It's I'm the luckiest person in the world to be doing what I do. So I always, I never take um, that for granted. And since having a son or having a child, has that influenced your style in any way? Or the direction of a some of your thousand percent. Yeah. That changed me at a fundamental level. I always, people always say that and I didn't believe it. And then it happened to me. I was like, oh my God, it was right. Like it changed everything. And I'm, that's not in a bad way. Um, I think it matured me a lot. It changed a lot of my content. Um, and I'm glad that it did. Give me an example. So it's like, in the early days, uh, when Soup and I were just, you know, I think we had been together for two years, I think. Um, we, Our whole shtick back then was that we were like the Mr. and Mrs. Murder kind of thing. And we made, uh, you know, creative horror-themed short films where we tried to kill each other <laughs> in very inventive, creative ways. And, you know, they were like the... Um, kind of forbidden lovers kind of thing. Like, you know, enemies to lovers, lovers to enemies. Like the fans loved it. We loved making it. There was so much fun. Uh, So many of them gotten millions and millions of views. And then when Soup got pregnant, um, it felt really weird to do that. (laughs) It felt really weird to continue doing that. So we kind of scrapped that whole thing and moved to something completely different because it didn't feel right for both of us to be like, oh, now, you know, I'm not just, you know, making a fun little, we're not not making a fun little movie about killing each other. It's like now it's got this weird twist of me potentially killing my, you know, the mother of my child. And it was really weird. And we're just like, that's it. Like moving on. (laughs) What are some of the themes now? It's a lot more wholesome. I think the horror theme stuff, definitely, um, I do a lot more uh, solo uh, or we'll do, you know, weird takes on it where there's like doppelgangers or ghosts Mm. or, uh, you know, that kind of thing, rather than just grabbing a screwdriver and stabbing each other with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's different, um, but I I think it's better. I think it forces us to be a lot more creative and I'm glad that it happened because like I love my content now. You know, in between the scary stuff, we'll do videos of, hey, we went to the zoo today. That was fun. And I think that juxtaposition between the two Mm. sides um, is very endearing to to a lot of the fans. And just to wrap up, any tips for people who want to be influencers or have a career in making content mm. but don't want to have to go on a reality TV show, yeah. a dating reality TV show <laughs> to, to do so? Um, I think if you were to pursue this kind of thing, I think two things. One, you have to be unequivocally yourself. You could throw a dart and hit like 10,000 people that do a kind of content that you do, but no one can replicate you. And I do that in a lot of my content is no one can do what I do because I'm me. And, you know, I stay true to myself and it worked out a million times for me. Um, the second thing is I'd say, you know, be unique, be consistent, be yourself. Um, someone out there is going to enjoy what you do, um, regardless of what kind of content you make. And I guess what I'm hearing from your experience is don't be afraid to evolve and shift and change if that's still in line with being authentic. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, like be true to yourself, but don't stagnate. Don't let yourself, don't do like, don't see a video blow up and be like, all right, I have to be this now. It's like, you know, Mm. keep evolving, keep being the best version of yourself. See what else you can do. Step outside your box. Keep trying new things. Do it for the plot. Thanks so much, Caleb. If I see you at the supermarket, I will be sure to ignore you. (laughs) 
Oh, thank you so much. No, I love getting pictures. Um, but yeah, as long as they're respectful, I love meeting fans. They're so lovely. That was Caleb Finn, social media influencer, self-described introvert, despite his 16 million TikTok followers. I'm joined now by Helen Smith, my fabulous producer, to talk through the weekend list. This is where we give tips on what to read, watch, listen to, cook, see, do, and everything in between. Helen, what's on your list? Okay, so my first recommendation, I only bought this this week, mm-hmm. and it's from Aldi, the special buyers section, which I know you love. <gasps> love it. Yeah. I was influenced. I was literally walking down and I saw this, like, this section in the middle and I was like, oh, this is Antoinette. Yeah. This is Antoinette's like, home. I will, feel. I will literally crash tackle a granny yeah. out of the way. To get me a special buy. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, God, they're good. It's okay. hard not to buy so many. But I yes. bought, I, I did grab it and then put it back, but I was like, no, I need this. It's good because it's making me drink more water. Okay. It's one of those, you know, those bright pink sippy cups yeah. that you have, like, yeah. on your desk with a straw. And it's great. It's, it was only nine bucks or something as well. So I was like, perfect. I'm only going to have this at work, keep it on my desk so I don't have to lug a water bottle back and forth. Yep. Cute colours. There was a bunch to choose from. Of course I go for pink. It was the best one. Yep. And, yeah, that is my recommendation. And how much water does it fill it? A lot. Fill it? I, I don't yeah, know yeah, but... because it was a special buy. <laughs> it doesn't got... have the mills on it. Yeah, but... okay. But big, big but enough and cheap enough to not enough. be a Frank Green and yes, still worth exactly. it. exactly. Like yeah. I don't want to spend 60 bucks. That's nine dollars. I know, yeah. right? And like I'm probably going to get slimy and throw it out anyway. So, yeah. I, I like that. Mm. Full respect for special buys. Yeah. In also keeping with money saving... I used to be big on ebooks and read everything on my Kindle, but about two years ago, I went back to paperbacks and hard copies. And so I love books in my hand, but you know, they can get quite expensive. So I am in the library all the time. I've gone back to my local library and I love chatting to librarians and getting their recommendations and kicking it old school. Although sometimes what a 70-year-old woman says is really funny to read can also mean just really horny to read as per oh her God. last recommendation. I was like, Beryl, this is not funny. This is quite horny. Oh. Uh, but yeah, when was the last time you went to your local library? I, you just don't? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't even think, like the last library I probably went to was the uni library. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I had I had a big gap and I've gone back and I, like I really this. enjoy being in the library and getting some recommendations which sometimes fit the brief, other times do not. Um, and, you know, it gets the book in your hand and it helps save money. Um, my other recommendation this week is Wicked, which is mm. the musical which is currently yeah. showing in Sydney and next up is Melbourne. And you might be thinking, oh, musicals can be quite expensive, but here's how I did the maths. You know, two books, buying two books is the same as buying an entry-level oh. kind of ticket. So it's $79 to get, any, anywhere mm. between $79 and $240 mm. for tickets. Um, 
And yes, it's that global theatrical juggernaut. Um, and it's I, so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I really, really love it. It's really quite funny. The sets, the costumes, it's exquisite. Um, and I really love that the story centres strong female leads and it's a, mm. it's a story that celebrates the, you know, the durability of these friendships between Glenda and Elphaba. I also love their names. Yeah. <laughs> My only question about musicals is mm. how come, even when they're in Australia, they all have American accents or they put on American accents. This is true. I've never thought about this. Like, I get it. I've, the last musical I saw was Hamilton and I was like, I get it because it's yeah. very much about American history and American leaders. But why does the prequel to The Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz need, need, to ha- need to have an American accent? Do you know what, though? I think I would hate it if they had Australian accents. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something when I hear an Australian accent, I'm like, oh, God, it's us. Like, I don't know. God, it's not again. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's it. But yeah, this is a good point. And maybe because Wizard of Oz, America, Tornado, Dorothy. I don't know. I just don't know how realistic it needs to be because somebody loses their heart I mean, and becomes and becomes a tin man and somebody is a yeah. green witch. Yes, and they fly. Yeah, this is true. And the monkeys. Yeah. Okay, you know? yeah, true. So I'm just like... That's, okay. a big, that's a big question mark. No, um, very something that they should think about, I think. Mm-hmm. Make more Aussie accents. Like I am not a theatre critic, but if I was yeah. to be one, this is the only thing I'd be like, mm, my critique is the strange accents. Yeah. Um, but if you have a thought about musicals or why there's an American accent. Or we if l- you know why. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know why. Mm. Um, but our listeners have gotten in touch with their recommendations, yes. Helen. Yes. So we put out a call this week and we wanted to hear what, from you guys, like what the listeners recommend, what they're doing at the moment. And I love some of these. Some of the, one of them was um, Boy Swallows Water, which I know you recommended. So good. I still have not started. He doesn't swallow water. He swallows the oh, universe. Sugar. <laughs> yeah, he's the universe, I keep, which, which I has. I keep writing swallows water. I mean, there's a lot of water in the universe, but he swallows <laughs> oh, the universe. Oh, gosh, yes, that's <laughs> the one. Yeah. Um, anyway, universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I really liked was mango mint quinoa salad. Nice. Sounds fancy and very, delish. Very summerish. Um, chicken crimpies. Do you remember those? They're the shapes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's old school. Old Beryl school. Beryl at the library would like those. Yeah. Um, The Bear, the TV show. Yeah, I've seen that. It's fantastic. I have only, I started it and then stopped. (gasps) You didn't like it? I don't know. I did think everybody looked like they needed a shower. Yeah. Everybody just was a bit like greasy. Yeah, I think I need to try again. Okay. Another one that I really love is baklava cheesecake. Never heard of it. Yum. Okay. I've had the baklava ice cream. Can recommend. Okay, very good. Uh, And the last one is... Reacher season two on Netflix. Don't know it. I don't know it. Happy to check it out. But I do want to hear your book recommendations because I am going to the library. I don't want a horny read, so I'm not going to take Beryl's recommendation. So if there is some fun, funny fiction that isn't erotica fiction, please get in touch and send through your recommendations. But that is it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us and tuning in. It's always a pleasure. If you want more of the Weekend Briefing, you can find us on the Listener app. You can download the Listener app in the App Store and you can follow us there. Otherwise, you can follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And why not give us a rating and a review for this fabulous interview with Caleb Finn. And you can review and rate every episode. Catch you next week. Listener.